everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of MMI Podcast, Medicine and Wellness. My name is Xiaoying and I will be hosting the episode today. For today's episode, we will be discussing with Dr. Ame to gain deeper insights on the immune system and the ways on enhancing it. We are honored to have Dr. Ame Latif with us today, who is a pediatrician at Bantai Hospital Kuala Lumpur. He sub-specializes in allergy and immunology. Without further ado, let us welcome Dr. Amir. Welcome, Doctor. How are you? I am fine, thank you. So, Doctor, could you first introduce yourself to the audience? Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Amir Hamza, a consultant in clinical immunology, allergy and pediatrics. I've been in private practice since 2011 at Panta Hospital Kuala Lumpur, um, where in 2017, I established for the hospital the first allergy and immunology center in the private healthcare sector in Malaysia. Um, after coming back uh, to Malaysia in 2006, um, I was in the academics at uh, Monash University Malaysia and University Putra Malaysia. Thank you for making time to enlighten us today. It's really great to have you here today. Let us jump into the questions, shall we? Yes, let's get to the questions then. Great, Doctor. To start off, could you briefly introduce us to the immune system before we delve further into it? And how is it important to us? Well, as you know, the immune system is our defense system. And naturally, that is a very important system to us as we need to fight off infectious diseases, and cancer. The immune system is usually divided into the innate system and the adaptive system. The innate system, generally non-specific and could be considered the first line of defense, or in some discussion, it is sometimes the second line of defense after the natural barriers, example, your skin, your saliva. And um, this constitutes, for example, cells like the neutrophils. Whilst the adaptive system are more specific, example, your antibodies or the immunoglobulins that are specific to fight specific microorganisms like the bacteria, virus, parasites. Now, these two systems will interact with each other in an intricate network of messaging uh, through cytokines, chemokines, which are essentially chemical messengers and there are hundreds of them just to emphasize the complexity of the immune system. I see. People often talk about wanting to boost their immune system. What do you think they mean by that? And what are the things that will boost one's immune system? Well, um, I would think this phrase, uh, which we know is widely quoted by the general public, as means and ways to enhance or strengthen the immune system. And they would mean this usually by something that we can consume or eat in general in the form of supplements. Now, if you look at this notion of boosting your immune system, then we need to understand how our body interacts or talks to the immune system and how the immune system would depend on several factors to maintain its wellness. So this would include, in simple terms, the lifestyle we lead from what we eat, if we have enough exercise and therefore exposure to sunlight, do we sleep enough and even our emotions and uh, mental health becomes factors towards the wellness of the immune system. All of this, if done adequately and more, would actually already boost your immune system. So a healthy, balanced diet would boost your immune system. And if we look at the flip side of it, 
Hence, we avoid foods full of preservatives and coloring, for example. That would also boost your immune system. So, it's looking at the diet in a healthy way. And, of course, besides that, doing exercises, sleeping enough for 6 to 8 hours, and having a healthy relationship with family and friends and colleagues at work. And that hence minimize your stress level. And that will boost your immune system. So I think if we talk about something in reference to the supplements, for as long as we eat food appropriate for our age and nutritional requirement, then really supplements may not be necessary. But that's easier said than done, given our state of the world in general, as we know it in the previous decade or two, because the uh, quality of food that we get are not really to our uh, standards for healthy living. Ah, I see. I think generally we know that our immune system is pretty important to us all. But how is it affected immunocompromised individual and what are the examples of disorder that will make a person immunocompromised? Yep, so the uh, immune system is definitely important to us. Um, when we talk about the immunocompromised individual, that will mean that a person has a defect in the immune system. And this is either primary immunodeficiency, which nowadays we like to refer as inborn error of immunity as well. This is uh, recently introduced about two, three years ago. Or you can have secondary immunodeficiency. For example, your HIV infection, immunosuppressive drugs. So if I go back to the uh, primary immunodeficiencies, or quite popularly called PID, there are at least 430 different conditions. And many of these, the genetic defects have been identified. So in PID, we can obviously see the major effect being immunocompromised by the lack in the body's ability to fight off infections and uh, certain cancers. Hence, uh, patients or the individuals would present with serious, persistent, unusual, and recurrent infection. So this is the acronym SPUR, S-P-U-R, which is short for serious, persistent, U for unusual, R for recurrent, SPUR. So that will spur you to think about, hey, have this person got a defect in the immune system? And we talk about cancers, uh, more likely to occur are the lymphoproliferative disorders, such as lymphoma and your gastric cancers. And another manifestation, which is uh, not too common, but certainly more common than cancers, would be your uh, autoimmunity or autoinflammatory conditions. So an autoimmune condition could be something like systemic lupus erythematosus or SLE. Your understanding of what is immunocompromised disorder. But doctor, uh, does antibiotic or antiviral medication will cause immunosuppression? Well, um, I think we all appreciate that uh, whilst antibiotics um, and uh, antiviral medications are important in the treatment of bacterial and viral infection respectively, and that we think there would not be immunosuppression or this drug affecting the immune system. But then again, we do not understand that fully. And uh, certainly laboratory studies would show these treatments, that means the uh, antibiotic or antiviral medications, can affect the immune system even back as far back as two or three decades ago. But I have to say that probably only recently are we looking into this more closely. Um, so we generally assume that antibiotics will significantly impact the bacterial cells. 
but they seem to trigger responses in the immune system as well, which can then reduce the functional benefit of the immune cells. So in one study, for example, researchers found mice infected with uh, E. coli bacteria and were treated with ciprofloxacin, an antibiotic, caused immune cells called macrophages to be less effective at fighting off the infection. And this is done through the uh, respiratory burst, which means it's basically, shall we say, quite simply incinerate the bacteria. So the antibiotic actually made the immune cells less effective. So we need more studies to understand how each antibiotic or antiviral affect our immune system. I see, that's true. We really need more study on this. In relation to the current COVID-19 pandemic, how does COVID-19 affect immunocompromised individuals? Well, we are in unprecedented times now, very trying, very challenging. And so we are still learning about the COVID-19 disease uh, and the virus and what it really does to the immune system and what more to the immunocompromised individuals. Um, I've been, you know, checking regularly. We all are. And there are case series or reports uh, coming through and still coming through and whereby we can try to understand the circumstances better for the immunocompromised patients. So uh, taking example of PID, the primary immunodeficiency, uh, while there is no data yet to suggest these patients are at higher risk, it is believed that they are going to be at higher risk, as simple as that. And in fact, uh, my society, the Malaysian Society of Allergy and Immunology, or MASAI, M-S-A-I, and the Malaysian Patient Organization for Primary Immunodeficiencies, or shortened to MyPOPI, and which was actually uh, an NGO that was set up in 2014. Both organizations released a joint statement on the current COVID-19 pandemic for management of PID patients. So please check out the statement on our website and on Facebook. It will be really enlightening. Ah, I see. That sounds really, really good, doctor. We will check that out. In addition to that, there's been this saying that has been going around where people have been selling many types of food, saying that it can boost the immune system and prevent one from contracting the COVID-19 virus. Generally, what kind of food will boost the immune system and what will you advise in regards to this type of food being so online in the name of combating COVID-19? Oh dear, um, <laughs> I think this is a tricky, maybe difficult, maybe a challenging question to answer really, to be honest, as the information may not all be evidence-based and hence we would not really have strong recommendation to um, go for these foods that so-called can uh, boost the immune system uh, to combat the uh, COVID-19. And I would say that in general, I say this in general, not just for the COVID-19, but generally as well. There's no hard evidence to show any specific food will boost the immune system. And when I mean food, of course, in totality, because there's the protein, the carbohydrate, the fats, the vitamins, the minerals, etc. So there's no hard evidence to show any food, specific food will boost the immune system. Thus, I will be very cautious to buy any foods claimed to combat the uh, COVID-19 virus. Yeah, that's true, doctor. Vitamins, especially vitamin C, have been famous in boosting our immune system. But how does vitamin C help? to boost our immune system 
And also, besides vitamin C, are there any other vitamins or nutrients that will boost our immune system? Well, my, many studies um, have been conducted to assess the mechanism uh, and impact of vitamin C to various immune cells. But this might not necessarily translate to a state of immunity all the time. So there's a difference here. So we have uh, various immune cells working with specific uh, individual function and collectively only maybe that it will lead to a state of immunity. Uh, what I'm saying here is vitamin C alone would not be adequate for immunity but needs other vitamins or nutrients. For example, vitamin D, which there's a lot of studies going on now in relation to the immune system, um, zinc and we also have to remember that in addition to this, if we had an infection or other diseases leading to inflammation, now that state of inflammation may then affect the immune cells leading to lowered immunity. So hence, as I mentioned earlier, if we did not have a balanced diet that included enough vitamins, minerals, trace elements, then there can be a lower capacity to fight infections. Hence, uh, having adequate micronutrients would help boost the immune system in the first place. So I have no issues that there are roles and how the vitamins uh, will help uh, in the immune system uh, wellness, shall we say. Got it, doctor. So that means by having food that has enough micro and macronutrients, we do not need to take any supplements anymore. Moving on from food, I'd like to ask a little bit about sleep and the immune system. During this MCO, usually most of us, our sleeping routine will get messed up. Can you briefly explain the relationship between low immunity and irregular sleep patterns? So, okay. Um, I had already touched upon this at the earlier part of our uh, conversation uh, in the sense of uh, we need enough hours of sleep. Now, over the last two decades or so, neuroimmunology research has accumulated strong evidence that sleep enhances the immune defense. Hence, the old adage, sleep helps healing. But this uh, uh, communication is bidirectional, so it works both ways. So, sleep can affect the immune system, and the immune system affects the sleep. That means vice versa. So this is a, a very huge question to answer. But essentially, shall I say that it has been found that during early nocturnal sleep, there is production of pro-inflammatory cytokines. So there will be a situation whereby we're more likely to have inflammation ongoing. Whereas during daytime wakefulness, uh, when you're awake in the morning, uh, afternoon, uh, there is anti-inflammatory cytokine active peak. So you have your nocturnal and this circadian rhythm, obviously. So if you have irregular sleep patterns, which will disrupt this process, and thus there will be a lowered immunity. So if you don't get enough sleep, your uh, immunity will be lowered and vice versa. In fact, it is a vicious cycle in that a lack of sleep lowers the immune system, which then affects the sleep cycle and so on. So hence, we must keep to our regular sleep pattern during this MCO. Well said, doctor. Here's a gentle reminder to our audience. In order to protect our immune system, remember to sleep early. Besides that, we often heard that people who are constantly under stress have a higher chance to fall sick due to their low immunity. So does mental health really have an impact on our immunity as well? Certainly, despite some skepticism that uh, immunology and psychology being at opposite all us, 
there are studies again in the last decades studying this uh, relationship between our emotions and the immune responses. So uh, based on large body of um, both clinical and experimental evidence, uh, there's certainly an increased incidence of, of uh, emotional disorders in patients suffering from immune diseases. And conversely, an increased susceptibility to immune diseases in patients suffering from mental disorders. And um, besides that, it's also noted that uh, both immunological and emotional responses are very dynamic. They are very plastic. There's a lot of plasticity and it continuously changing throughout life. So yes, there's um, an impact of mental health on our immunity for sure. Thanks for the clarification, doctor. I guess I will have to regularly distress to be healthy then. I also read that a healthy lifestyle helps one immune system to be in the best shape. Will you mind sharing with us in detail what type of exercises can help us to boost our immune system? Uh, yes, and once again, um, I also mentioned this in the earlier part of the conversation, and it just goes to show how important all these, uh, shall we say, normal things that we uh, should be doing and to uh, boost or improve or to ensure the immune wellness. Um, of course, uh, consideration of what type of exercises uh, would depend on your physical fitness. Um, say, for example, if you are a professional athlete, as uh, they do much more exercises or uh, training, um, they are probably in uh, good shape in terms of their immune system. In fact, their concern would actually be overtraining, which can then impair their immunity. And um, so, again, remember, it is not the exercise alone, but its relationship with uh, sleep and nutrition, uh, plus your emotions and mental health, will all intercalate towards improving our immune system. So if you look at the general um, exercises that we know of, and I think um, many out there would also know, there are basically four types of exercises. So we have your uh, aerobic or your cardio or endurance exercises. And this includes things like simple brisk walking, jogging, cycling, swimming, even pushing the trolley around the supermarket. <laughs> Uh, the anaerobic exercise or strength exercise, which uh, strengthens your muscle and bones. And um, examples of this will be obviously lifting weights. And there's a balance exercise, which maintains your body balance so that you prevent falls. And this could be in the form of Tai Chi. And uh, flexibility uh, exercises, uh, whereby you learn to stretch your muscles and make your body limber and hence easier to exercise overall. And this would be things like yoga and Pilates. So really, all these exercise types of exercises will improve uh, the immune system. That sounds really, really good, doctor. Since we need to comply with MCO by staying at home, what kind of exercises will you suggest to our audience, doctor? Well, I think there are no specific uh, exercises uh, MCO-related. <laughs> but I would have thought that and, um, any exercises... And namely, one that should be easily performed now indoors. Um, and the main thing is don't stress yourself doing these exercises. And maybe during this MCO, it could just be the simple uh, aerobic exercises. You know, you're doing your, your jumping jacks and uh, running on the sport for, say, 10 to 30 minutes, 3 to 5 days a week. Uh, or at whatever level your physical and mental capacity dictates. Or you may even have already a mini gym in your home. 
or you have been doing yoga, just carry on with this. Um, I personally have been uh, unfortunately jogging indoors during this MCO uh, instead of outdoors. Um, I found uh, some space about 20 meters long and um, I try to maintain a 5 kilometer run three days a week. So that 20 meters means I have been running to and fro uh, about 250 times. But hey, just enjoy your exercises. So that's the main thing during the MCO. Thanks for sharing, Doctor. I believe most of us tend to have some bad lifestyle habits that affect our immune system in a bad way. What are some of these habits that one should quit? Well, I think uh, many can guess this, uh, and that would include smoking, including vaping now, and excessive alcohol. In addition, quit being indoors in general all the time and attempt to have activities outdoors. But of course, of course, right? <laughs> but not now, during the pandemic, and where we may have to deal with the new normal once the MCO is lifted. Um, other things would be uh, quit all those junk foods and eat healthy uh, home-cooked fresh food whenever we can. All right, doctor. I've really learned a lot from this conversation about our immune system and how to care for it. Before we end this episode, what would be your takeaway message to our audience today? Well, it would simply be have a good and balanced lifestyle to the best of our capability and capacity. Now, it may already be in you and you just maintain that. And if it is not in you yet, do not fret. We can start immediately. We live for today. Thank you for your valuable insight and advice, Dr. Amir. It has been wonderful having you on the podcast. It has been a pleasure and I pray everyone stays safe and healthy. Thank you. We would also like to thank our audience for tuning in. Like and share this podcast with your friends if you found it useful. And don't forget to follow and read our podcast on Spotify and iTunes. If you have any feedback for us, you can message us through MMI Malaysia Facebook page. Stay tuned for our next episode of MMI Podcast, Medicine and Wellness. Take care and stay safe. Till then.